This week in the parish of Bourses and Market Structure, LME defeats Elliot and thus LME reboots. As there are winds of trading change in Hong Kong, LCH cuts fees, NASDAQ wins the Nuam War, and LSEG remind us why they dropped off the short list of this tender as their systems fall over in LSE once again. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 223. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter. The unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. Is there a threat to the reign of tether? Dirty Bubble Media, whose principal James Block was our IPO vid guest on episode 100 examining Dirty Bubbles, has been writing a couple of pieces about Tether. First of all, there was Tether's secret agent about the secret of Christopher Harborn, who has a mysterious past, vast wealth, and deep political connections. Is he also the brains behind the world's largest stablecoin? Asks James Block. SBF was almost extorted for protection money in Brooklyn jails, recalls an ex-inmate to Cointelegraph. Presumably the trade fell flat when SBF offered to pay for his protection in FTX tokens. Nonetheless, this is an ugly reality of how life will soon be for his fellow criminal Binance founder CZ and already is for SBF for the foreseeable future. Meanwhile, the folks who believe in capitalism as opposed to effective altruism at the AEI have been pondering why did America's elite keep falling for crypto frauds? Elsewhere, the Bankless Times profiles a firm which leaves me uncertain whether to laugh or cry. New Trends. Crypto Futures Exchange Meets Casino. An article which goes on to note that Rollbit combines an online casino, perpetual crypto futures exchange and sportsbook into one big gamified hub for wagering crypto. Presumably there's a DeFi app for flies crawling up walls as well. Albeit crypto needs, I think, to be seen in perspective. The entire market is worth $1.5 trillion as I type, which makes the realm of crypto smaller than the market capitalization served by the Taiwan Stock Exchange and, thanks to recent BTC gains, it's a relative whisker above the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. Or, to put that in perspective, the world's 18th and 19th sized exchanges respectively. Cointelegraph notes, Binance is now totally different, something which ought not to be barked at, but I'm afraid it's still puppy training around here at Young Towers, so therefore the puppies are in the background. In that interview with Richard Tang, I can readily sympathise with him, as I'm sure dealing with the Canadian founder CEO was a major challenge. At the same time, Tang has his work cut out at Binance as his company sits on a knife edge here of whether crypto is a Howey test acceptance or rejection, and that appears to be the crux of their failure to settle so far with the SEC. That's in addition to, of course, the plea they made for $4 billion with the DOJ. It's altogether fascinating that the SEC is still holding out against Binance post-criminal conviction. At the same time, 
Disappointingly, Tang refuses to name the headquarters of Binance. In that respect, Binance alone can only be seen as a tarnished platform of opacity. Meanwhile, back on to Tether's secret loan portfolio, Dirty Bubble Media has been a wealth of insight. There was a second examination by James Block looking at that secret loan portfolio. The whole nation of stablecoins has been viewed by many as somewhat of a, a euphemism for often risky assets, and many might perceive Chinese commercial paper in the mix may not be to everybody's liking. The total smoking gun is not yet readily 100% visible, but there is a lot of smoke, possibly quite a few mirrors, and certainly a lot of questions arise from what we can try to understand about the balance sheet of the so-called stable coin. If you enjoyed this excerpt, you may be interested to know you can read BitCarnage every day and Exchange Invest. Alternatively, if you want to follow BitCarnage as a standalone, the daily update on happenings in the world of crypto and digital assets, you'll find us on Substack. From BitCarnage to the world of legacy exchanges, ICE have been awarded $155 million for PennyMac misuse of Black Knight confidential information in mortgage servicing software, a handy stipend and a useful exercise of copyright IP infringement. At the same time, the Hong Kong Exchange has started its consultation to allow trading on stormy days. The winds of change are almost upon Hong Kong as they open this consultation allowing tra trading on typhoon days, while a simultaneous sigh of relief is of course audible as Hong Kong Exchanges looks to the future of subsidiary LME post the nickel nightmare lawsuit failing in court. The barrier to winning was always high, even though there were issues with the LME's market operations. LME still clearly has issues to deal with, and its new clearinghouse management team needs to promote the excellence of their product. However, the court case conclusion is a very good thing for LME and London's markets that they are escaping the cloud of the Elliott lawsuit, which could have had catastrophic consequences. Not quite catastrophic consequences yet, but very, very deeply, profoundly embarrassing territory for the London Stock Exchange and its parent, the London Stock Exchange Group. A third recent tech failure within its matching engines in as many months for the London Stock Exchange is a coyote ugly demonstration of how LSEG has lost its way. Unable to cope with a welter of upgrades, forcing it to withdraw from selling matching engines, and now it seems even their basic IT is not able to cope due to the pressures of the Refinitive Acquisition. Euronext have announced the successful expansion of Euronext Clearing as pan-European clearinghouse for Euronext Cash markets assigned execution as Euronext makes hay from the gift of Borsa Italiana from the London Stock Exchange Group's overly hasty disposals in order for it to acquire Refinitive. No sooner than Euronext's new CCP is limbering up than LCH Clearnet cuts equity clearing fees. Meanwhile, elsewhere, six subsidiary BME in Spain has entered the battle for CCP on Euro swaps. A former Life board member, Rupert Lowe, a legend on the golf course, according to some who can recall his LCH Golf Day performances, may have his distractors in places, but in his political career era of late, he was a Brexit Party MEP, just as the UK left the bloc. He hits the mark perfectly with his op-ed in The Telegraph of the course of the last week, espousing a major subject PLY has been noting for quite some time. Risk Mojo has evaporated in London's equity markets, while regulation is throttling the exchanges themselves. Dreadful discussion, very, very 
gory stuff coming out of Israel this week. Ultimately, the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange denied reports of exceptional unusual trading ahead of the October 7th Hamas attack. That was based upon refuting an academic paper trading on terror by two U.S. academics. Certainly seems to be some smoke with fire in there, but at the same time, the scale does not seem to be remotely as large as expected because apparently the academics may have mistaken pretty much the decimal point of where the short selling was in terms of its total extent. Nordpool Exchange, meanwhile, talking about errors of a certain extent, they're going to be vetting unusual bids more closely after the recent Finnish fat finger error we talked about last week. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com, with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or, if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome, wherever you find this podcast. In results, not such a busy week for results, but we had the Santiago Exchange reporting earnings for the third quarter and nine months ended September 30th, 2023. Not such a good quarter overall. Net income down 88.4%. The Bulgarian Stock Exchange, on the other hand, earnings per share almost tripled there during the course of the year on year from third quarter 2022 to third quarter of this year. In deals... Just one interesting deal speculation. The Osaka Bourse is in talks to buy Jazdaq. That would be an intention to unify the Japanese SME market around the Osaka Bourse, with Jazdaq being 70% owned by the Security Dealers Association of Japan. That would leave Fukuoka and Nagoya, the only independent bourses away from the JPX Group monopoly. If you're trying to get your head around monopolies in markets, technology developments and much more, you ought to be looking at a copy of my most recent book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World. It's a way to understand how technology is affecting life and markets, and I mean very much your life in this respect. Check it out on Amazon. It is distributed by Ingram Worldwide and Victory or Death is published by DV Books and can be bought in good bookstores everywhere. While you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream Tuesdays at 6 o'clock London time. That's midday New York time. It's the IPO video live show. You can catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-vid and our next show coming this week on the 12th of December is going to be episode number 127 with the boss of Ice Futures Europe, Chris Rhodes, coming to us from the London Ice House. That leads us neatly to our finance book of the week and how appropriate that we should have chosen The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham, one of the most famous investment advisors of the 20th century, the man behind the core philosophy of value investing, which was used, of course, by none other than the great Warren Buffett and still is, and the late great Charlie Munger of Berkshire Hathaway, who passed away this past week at the age of 99. Graham is still highly relevant It's a vital read, but indeed, as Charlie Munger himself has pointed out, it's not the entire holy grail of modern investment. Nonetheless, a must-read book. You can get that on the usual bookstore sources. You can also catch a link on our page at exchangeinvest.com. 
And don't forget, if you want to stay up to date with all the news on the board's business sent daily to your inbox, subscribe to Exchange Invest via exchangeinvest.com. It's only $349 per annum to join the Exchange of Information. And our next book of the week will be unveiled on Saturday in the free EI Weekend Edition, which you can also sign up to by going to exchangeinvest.com. In product news this week, China's Dalian Commodity Exchange are going to be further strengthening iron ore futures supervision. Carbon credit derivatives linked to the COP28 conference, presumably this announcement, are getting more scrutiny from the USCFTC. SGX Group and Shanghai Stock Exchange have debuted their first pair of ETF-linked products as SGF readies to list active ETFs. And the Abu Dhabi Stock Exchange has launched an ESG benchmark index in association with index provider FTSE. Technology news this week. The headline is Noam Exchange and Nasdaq form strategic technology partnership to develop new marketplace in Latin America. You may recall Noam is the brand name of the merged Santiago, Lima and Colombia stock exchanges under CEO Juan Pablo Cordoba. I think this deal was broadly expected given the Noam Exchange had originally LSEG on its shortlist and LSEG abruptly withdrew from selling tech too late, it seems, alas, to focus on their upcoming systems outages. I mean, updates. Well, we mentioned this earlier. Three outages in three months. Pretty shameful stuff from the London Stock Exchange recently. Definitely dragging down the reliability of the parish as a whole. Anyway, the Nuam sale is a great result for NASDAQ, although it will be interesting to see what becomes of the dev team within Nuam itself, specifically in the Santiago Chile Stock Exchange, as a result of the merger of the exchanges and the use of NASDAQ as a core IT infrastructure going forward. Also, talking about Nasdaq Tech this week, they launched new technology to scale global carbon markets. If you want to catch more and learn more about Puro Earth, which is highly correlated to the Nasdaq carbon technology, don't forget Nasdaq's Stockholm's Frederick Ekstrom, the chairman of Puro Earth, was our IPOVID guest on episode 52 discussing Puro Carbon, Nasdaq transforming emissions. BMLL are dearly beloved sponsors, along with NASDAQ. They've added a Shanghai data, completing their Chinese equity data offering. That complements existing Chinese data from the Shenzhen and Hong Kong equity exchanges. All is now available in one consistent format in the BMLL data lab. Bravo, BMLL. And a note, if you're a reader of Exchange Invest Daily, you will now be able to find the monthly BMLL liquidity maps on the third Thursday of the month, Europe, and the fourth Thursday of the month, US data, respectively, in our daily subscriber newsletter. News about TCS, you know, the people who just won the contract for the Australian Stock Exchange, despite the fact that they seem to have a bit of an issue with delivering a lot of their exchange projects on time and on budget. TCS of India face a $210 million penalty in a lawsuit about insurance banking software from DXC. Better news to finish off technology for this week. Uh, Aquas Stock Exchange has become the first to adopt cloud-based matching engine technology as a UK regulated market. Regulation news this week. The SEC's in-house enforcement powers are at risk in a US Supreme Court case. The overreach of Gary Gensler as chairman may be approaching a bloody denouement for the agency with SEC in-house enforcement powers at risk in an ongoing 
Supreme Court of the United States of America action. Elsewhere, Risk notes on the same sort of SEC theme how the agency is being criticised for its belt and braces ban on volume-based pricing. And quite right too, it's a ludicrous suspension of transactional common sense by an anti-commercial fundamentally naive, delete as appropriate, SEC panel of commissioners. Career paths this week. The CFTC has appointed Melanie DeVoe, Director of the Office of Customer Outreach and Education. MSCI has appointed a head of Index one Jana Haynes, who's joined the firm as head of Index and a member of MSCI's executive committee from the fund ARK Invest. Finally, this week in Career Paths, Trading Technologies has tapped three experienced capital market business leaders for new senior management roles effective from January the 1st. A shake-up there at TT as CEO Keith Todd firms up senior management. Former Fidesa veteran Justin Llewellyn-Jones will assume the COO role. Long-term broker Christopher Hefferman will lead a fixed income business line. Fidelity Aluma Alan Green will oversee futures and options. And we wish good luck to all three in their exciting new roles under Keith Todd, who was our guest on IPOVID 66, delivering SaaS through TT. Back out there in big world, apparently there's a proposed solution afoot to enable Russia to maintain better communications with its annexed Crimean territory. The answer is boring. Assign a Russian-built tunnel under the Kerch Strait, removing the reliance on the 11-mile bridge, which has been constantly attacked since Russia's 2022 invasion of Ukraine. That the Chinese railway construction company has expressed interest in constructing the tunnel is interesting, as until now China has shied away from recognising the Russian annexation of Crimea. But I suppose business is business. Then again, looking further afield and way above the level of boring into the earth, you may recall I was recently a signatory to the letter published by the Financial Times, City Looks to the Chancellor to Realise Space Ambition. I'm quite fascinated by the opportunities for the space economy, including within the Parish of Exchanges, having recently attended a symposium on the space economy in Guildhall, uh, in the heart of the City of London, as moves are afoot to make the UK a key space economy financial centre. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, a founder and publisher of Exchange Invest, the exchange of information, and a builder of marketplaces, bourses, exchanges and related infrastructure the world over. I wish you all a great week in life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.